Trumos, Perik Vav, Mishnah 6-5. We've said that if one inadvertently eats truma, he has to repay what he ate, adding a chomesh, but actually he has to almost reconstitute that truma. That is to say, I invoke this image of conservation of truma, if you will, that you can't lose it. So if truma is destroyed, you have to get new chulin musukanim, regular food that is fully tithed, and pay that to the kohen, and upon giving it to the kohen, it becomes... Truma Midoraisa, as well as the Chomish payment becomes Truma Midoraisa. And that's based on a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Venas in the Kohen Esa Kodesh. You'll give back to the Kohen that which I'll call it now becomes Kodesh, becomes sanctified again as Truma. But the Drush in the Pasuk is that, of course, I don't know, of course, but the Drush is that it's Esa Kodesh. You give him the sanctified food, food that is Ra'ui Lios Kodesh, food that is uh, fitting to become sanctified as truma, meaning food that in its history was the kind of food that could have become truma, let's call it, um, but instead didn't, of course, it became it became uh, ostensibly chulin, just regular tithe food. So our Mishnah here is going to list a number of foods, meaning legal statuses of foods, which would render such food ineligible to be used as the payment to replace truma and add the chomish uh, when one ate truma beshogeg. So the mission starts out by giving a list of four types of foods, four categories of food that never were eligible for tithing at all, and therefore they could never become truma gadola because they never had the liability to truma at all. The first three are, are the matanas levionim, the gifts to the poor that are left during the harvesting process, and those are exempt from tithing, meaning uh, when a poor person who's allowed to come take these things, he doesn't have to tithe them, he eat them as they are. And that being the case, they were never eligible to become truma, and therefore they're ineligible to be given as the compensation for one who ate truma inadvertently. So that would mean, just to paint the picture so you get it, we have a poor person. He accidentally ate truma. Now he has to pay back Karen Vachomish on the truma he ate. What has he got in his pantry? He has the gifts that he collected out in the field, the gifts of the poor. So that stuff is exempt from tithing, so we can't give it to a Kohen now to make compensation because... Those foods are ineligible to ever become truma. Instead, what you'd have to do, hypothetically, is go to the store, buy some, you know, if you ate grapes, you have to buy some more grapes at the market that are tithe grapes, and then give those tithe grapes to the Kohen as his Karen Vachomish payment. He couldn't use the gifts he collected himself, and because those are ineligible. So those are the first three. So the Mishnah says, Ein Mishalman min haleket, umin umin One cannot pay his due to recompensate and reconstitute truma and Karen and Chomesh with Leket, Shech, or Peah. Again, those are gifts left for the poor, and they're exempt from tithing always, and therefore they aren't Ro'i Lios Kodesh. What are they? They're not fitting to become, they don't fulfill the requirements of the Drush of the verse, that they're the kind of foods that could become Truma since they were forever ineligible to be Truma. So, what are these things? Just to remind you, Leket is the stalks that fell when one was harvesting the wheat. If one or two stalks fall, um, they must be left behind for the poor to collect. Uh, Shecha were the forgotten or overlooked bundles when one, you know, makes sheaves, he binds together the stalks of grain in the field to then ultimately take those little bundles and bring them to the threshing floor. So in the stage when he's bringing things to the threshing floor if he overlooks one or two bundles he has to leave them behind. He can't go back and get them. There's a prohibition for going back to get them. They're left as shecha, as forgotten bundles, and the poor people could come to collect them. And finally, peya. Peya is the, the edge of one's field, um, that one is to leave behind. Um, the Rabbani is supposed to leave a 60th of your field under normal circumstances. 
um, unharvested so the poor can come and harvest the corners of your field, the corner of your field that you left as payah. So that food also, the payah that the, is collected, is exempt from tithing. And that being the case, those foods, like a chicken payah, can't be used to uh, recompensate when one inadvertently ate truma. The fourth item on the list is also similarly forever exempt from tithing requirements, and that's hefker, mina hefker. Hefker is ownerless property. You'll recall we've seen that to be subject to the tithing requirements, it has to be um, nishmar, cultivated by human beings, foodstuffs for human beings. And if it's just left, if it's just growing in the wild, not owned by anybody, so then it's exempt from tithing requirements always, meaning if a person just goes into the, the wild and finds himself a wild fig tree, he can eat those figs and never needs to tie them. Um, that's hefker. The truth is that's the primary case of hefker. There's a secondary case of hefker, which is if a person actually cultivated a fig tree, but he declared the figs ownerless prior to the requirement to tie them. And whenever that kicks in, we'll see in the next Masech, and Maestras. But in the meanwhile, since he, if he was mafkir, if he rendered these figs ownerless prior to the requirement to tie them kicking in, so then they're forever exempt from tithing. That's like a secondary case of hefker. Okay, so that was the first four. Now we have a list of three more um, categories of foods. These are foods that went the other direction in the tithing process, meaning instead of, they were set aside as other kinds of tithes, if you will, or they otherwise were invested with some kind of sanctity. So we're going to have a machlokas here between Reb Meir and the Chachamim regarding these. The truth is, this mission becomes very challenging because it's not perfectly clear at all um, exactly which items are on Rabbi Meir's list as being ineligible and which items are on uh, the Chacham's list of yes being eligible. So we'll do our best here. Uh, and I guess we'll learn like the Bartanura primarily, primarily, as that's always our, the way we do it. Um, but uh, it's not pushed at all how, how it works according to him. In any case, we start out by saying that in addition, Velo min rishon, trumaso, you can't use Maiser Rishon that had Truma taken from it as a Truma payment to compensate for consumed Truma that was eaten Bishogek. So what's the case? The case is a person took his, his uh, after he took Truma, he then takes his Maiser Rishon, his 10% tithe, which is given to Levi. Now, that's what we're talking about. The 10% given to the levy, that can never be used as compensation to make whole if one ate truma inadvertently. Let's say the levy ate truma on accident. So what's the levy supposed to do? The levy gets his 10%, and he will take a tenth of that 10%, which would effectively be 1% of the original amount, basically, and he will um, give that as truma's miser to a Cohen. The other nine-tenths of his miser is left behind for him to eat, and it's regular, you know, I'll call it chulim. Regular chulim. Um, now the Mishnah here says that those nine tenths that are left behind, the Cohen's miser, which has been tithed, meaning truma has been taken from it, it's still ineligible to be used um, as a compensation payments for Karen Bachomish. The Bartanura says the reason why is because essentially once it was ineligible, it's always ineligible. So since it was set aside to be miser, and when it was miser, it was like miser with truma embedded in it, and it that's not Masukanam, it's not it's not tied fully at that point. I and mean, it'll never be tied fully. It'll never be excuse me, it'll never be eligible, even once it is, you know, have all the requisite tithes, meaning Trumas Meister removed from it, it will never still be eligible to be used as a compensatory payment. So that's that's the Bartanura's shot again. The, I'll just now the question that's embedded that all the Mafarshan grapple with, and the question may be better than the answer given, and therefore I'm going to just, I'm going to sidestep, leave it as a tzarach in, leave it as a, you know, you can look further as you wish, but I'll just speak out the question. The question is, it seems hard to understand the exact difference between regular 
tevel, you know, food that you harvest that's subject to tithing requirements, that becomes tithe when you separate the various tithes, and now it becomes chulin musukanim, which is eligible. And trumas and trum and excuse me, and meiser rishon, which also once you take out the trumas meiser from it, becomes fully tithe. It's hard to see what the difference is. Both of those things are now edible by anybody, if you will. Um, and uh, and and that being the case, it's hard to understand the difference. I mean, there are many many approaches um, depending on how you understand the restrictions on on uh, on meiser and the status of meiser and if there's saints invested in meiser, etc. I'll read you the Bartonurus Pshat, and we'll stick with that for now. So he, he acknowledges the problem that it seems that fully tithed chulin, since it should be kind of the same as fully tithed miser. And then therefore he says, even though now the fully tithed miser really is the same as fully tithed chulin, kevan de kodum should not let true muscle, since prior to taking the truma, meaning the trumas miser, from the miser reshown, lo chazi, it wasn't fitting to be used as a compensatory payment, it remains forevermore um, inacceptable to be used as a compensatory payment for eating truma inadvertently. Okay, that's, we'll leave it at that for now, and you can look further to see the many different approaches to how to resolve the difference between fully tithed meiser and fully tithed chulin. Okay, the second on the list is meiser sheni that was sheniftu, that was redeemed. Um, that is to say, what's Meister Shani? Meister Shani is the second tithe that's taken, meaning after Trumagadol and after Meister Rishon was taken, there's another tithe taken in years one, two, four, and five of the seven-year Shemitah cycle. You take Meister Shani as opposed to years three and six months Meister Ani. And then Meister Shani is still eaten by the original owner of the produce, just he is restricted to eating it in Yerushalayim. It's a moment Gavoa, according to Mayor, and this is where Mayor is talking here, meaning it's really like God's food, if you will. Uh, just he invites you to sit at his table, so to speak, and participate in Yerushalayim and eat his food as my Sushani. But the point is, it's invested with a certain Kadusha. And that being the case, it becomes ineligible to be used as a Truma payment. Now, this is my Sushani Shenifdu. It was redeemed my Sushani, meaning that it had the restrictions, but my Sushani prior to being brought to Yerushalayim could be redeemed, and you could take the Kadusha off this food and put it onto coins, and those coins could be taken to Yerushalayim and then used to buy foodstuffs over there in Yerushalayim. That would leave the food that had previously been Meiser Shani and to be totally deconsecrated and essentially chulen. But similarly to the previous, on some level, similarly to the previous case about uh, Meiser Rishon that was that was fully tithed, and Meiser Shani at one point was you know invested with this Kedusha and was ineligible to be a Truma payment, so it stays that way forever. And the third and final of this little list of, of restrictions is hektesh. Hektesh is, um, you know, anything that was given to the base of Mikdash and consecrated for its use. We're talking about Berek Abayas, you know, a person had some figs and he decided he wants to donate them to the base of Mikdash. The base of Mikdash would receive those figs, and if they have no use for them, they would monetize the figs um, by selling them and getting the money to use for upkeep of the building, or they could use it for feeding the workers directly, whatever the case, whatever they wish. The point is, it's imbued with a kedusha, and one may not misappropriate um, in any way those the hektish, the figs that have been sanctified. Once he says these are for the base of mikdash, he's makdish them. So those figs could be redeemed. Meaning, the person who, when the base of mikdash monetizes their figs by selling them, someone's going to buy the figs, and the money that he uses to buy the figs will deconsecrate the figs, rendering the figs totally edible by the purchaser. 
as deconsecrated regular figs, and then the base Melish gets his money, which is invested with Kedusha. So similarly, you can do Pidion, you can redeem the Kedusha off of Hekdesh, if it's better buy Hekdesh, and um, that's the case here. So these in our fig story, if a person went to the base Mikdash, he bought figs from the base Mikdash, deconsecrating them and getting them for consumption. If that man inadvertently ate truma figs, he would have to pay back Karen Vachomish, but he can't use the pigs, excuse me, the figs that he bought from the base of Mikdash as Hektish to make that payment. And the reason why is, again, because it had been invested with a Kedusha, which, um, at least according to Reb Meir, can't, uh, once it's there and in it, making it ineligible, it remains permanently ineligible. So just let me read the words to you. I sort of, I, I didn't read them exactly in the order that I read. The Mishnah reads, V'lo me'maiser sheni v'hektish sheniftu. You can use neither Meiser sheni nor hektish that had been redeemed. Okay. And the Mishnah actually says the reason why these are ineligible. She'ein hektish poda esa hektish, because that which is or was consecrated as hektish and sanctified can't be used to um, to deconsecrate hektish and while that is the sheet of Reb Meir the Chum disagree they are matirn be'elu the Chum say yes you may use these now when we say these it's a big machlokus in the Mepharshim which of the previous list the Chum are coming to address according to the Bartanora he specifically taught the Chum are specifically referring to B'maiser Sheni and Hektish Sheniftu, meaning just the last two items on the list, the those which were explicitly Hektish, as Meiser Sheni and Hektish, and then were uh, redeemed. Others, however, extend the list back further, meaning the Chum also permit the use of, in addition, Meiser, meaning Meiser Rishon, that had its Truma taken from it. And there are even those who even go further back and permit the use of the gifts to the poor. In any case, we'll stick with the Peshat of the Bartanura for now. Um, and the Lacha is certainly like the Chachamim, which is a question, of course, of uh, which of the items on the list the Chacham do Matir.